Today is September 20th, and the Yankees have won two games out of three games versus the division-winning Boston Red Sox. They won the first two. They lost the third. We learned a lot. We gained a lot. We have a lot more to gain. We're going to talk all about it right after this music. Let's talk Yanks. Thank you very much for tuning in to Talking Yanks. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, thanks, man and woman. This episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by Sarah Stewart. Goes to UConn. Go Huskies. She's our most recent Patreon subscriber. Sarah now has access to the live video. She has access to the early release of the podcast, and she gets her name in a raffle to win a jersey from affordablejerseys.com at the end of the month. And the end of every month, she stays a subscriber. It's $2 a month. Thank you very much. Sarah, with an H, she is bringing you this episode. If you would like to sponsor next episode, go to patreon.com slash yanks, Become a subscriber. Support us. We appreciate it. We would, uh, we would really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, my name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I have my co-host, Jake, who's also on the East Coast, coming to you from Connect Eye Cut. How are you, Jake? I'm good, James. Live, live from Plantsville, Connecticut. Plantsville. I hate the party towns, man. <laughs> what should we name this town? I don't know. Well, what's in it? Well, a lot of plants. Plantsville. Driving Pennsylvania through Pennsylvania to Connecticut, you really see the early settlers effect. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of the same town names, a lot of Milfords. Yeah. A lot of waterberries, just a lot of the same stuff. Okay. Fun trivia tidbit for the for the people that are listening that are from Connecticut or Ohio. There's a section of Ohio that is an exact duplicate of Connecticut because Connecticut bought land in Ohio and then they moved some people out there. They're like, well, what do we name these towns? Like Lindfield. <laughs> named them the same exact thing, set up the downtowns the same exact way. It's like, man, you guys had no creativity. All the people from London, the Puritan idiots that were like, oh, my God, divorce. This is terrible. And they came to America. Like, what should we name this city? How about New London? What about that one? New Britain. Should we name this whole area? New England. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> it's like, I like that. Traditions, man. They hated them, but they had to show respect because they were organized. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk Yankees baseball. We're going to get into the state of the Yanks. We're going to get into Jakey Burns. We're going to do our awards. And at the end, we have a new segment. We're going to do series simulation. So be on the lookout for that. But first, before we get into any Yankee stuff, you know that I like to just get the general vibe. How you feeling? Where's your head at? Jake went on a road trip. Last time we talked to you, you were in Denver and you drove with your dog all the way to Connecticut. So how are you, Jake? Yeah, drove drove cross country with my dog. Went went pretty well. Stayed outside of Chicago and then stayed in a random town in Pennsylvania. 
16 hours of driving, eight hours of driving, like four hours of driving. Dog did great. I did great. A lot of podcasts and stuff. Uh, shout out to us. Shout out to Ryan Rossillo, kind of my boy to a to a weird degree at this point. Shout out to Noodle the Doodle Dog. He did great. What town in Pennsylvania did you stay in? A Danville. Mm, there's a Danville, California. Was it scary? No. Mm. Okay. No. Did not you at all. did you stay at like a one of those like trucker rest stops? No. I had to stay at dog friendly hotels because I had a dog with me. Mm. Cause there's this movie called Breakdown with Kurt Russell where they they stop to help a, a person that's broke down on the side of the road, and then it turns out to be this like all these eighteen wheeler trucker gangs that kidnap people and sell them, and his wife gets kidnapped. So then, and it scared me for life. I had to spend a night at a random trucker motel in Nebraska once, and all I could think about was that movie, and I was so scared. Yeah, nothing like that happened, and that was a movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got across country. And we're uh, we're chilling. We set up shot. Wedding season. Wedding this weekend. My sister's the next. Craziness. That's part of the reason we hoofed it out here. And yeah, just just kind of enjoying things. We kind of got stuff going on. You want to ask uh, about my day, my life? I'm gonna get there. I'm still talking about my life. So okay. So are you just the interrupter full time? Or the people in the live chat were like, just total rude guy. No one's in there. No one's saying anything. You're just a total rude guy. A shout out to ESNY. They're showing the Talking Yanks podcast and some of our stuff. They like what we're putting out, so we, we appreciate them. They appreciate us. That's nice. And uh, later on, my I've been screaming about out-of-the-park baseball for half the year because that's my nerdy baseball game. We ended up talking to them. They gave us a discount code, Talking Yanks, if you want to use them later, so... We'll talk about them, but we're talking to people, people like us. Yankees won a couple games. I made it across the country in a vehicle with my dog. Times are kind of good. How are you doing, Jim? Your dog would not have survived the time I drove from Utah to California with no AC. He would have died. Uh, windows. Same way you survived, probably, so he would have been fine. I couldn't have the windows down because I was listening to the podcast, and the breeze made it impossible to hear, so I just sweated my ass off. Well, then you could say that for almost any dog. Nah, your dog would have fucking died. All right. Yeah, not your old fluffy dog. Zimmer would have died. Yeah, okay. They both would have So don't died. just specify my dog. Well, your dog would have About died. 75% of the country's dogs would have passed away. Including yours. On to you, Jim, on that positive note. Okay, I, I'm having a, a great day. Went to the mall today, which is the worst place in the possible world to be. I'm so glad they're a dying industry and going out of business. The malls are terrible. I got a suit. Also, those are terrible. Yeah, all like hot and sweaty and like my, now I'm suffocating myself with a tie. Got a suit. Was forced to by my mom and my girlfriend. Then Katie was like, I want to pick out a dress. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to just sit here for an hour. So I went and got a massage from one of those uh, Asian massage places where they just beat the shit out. They just beat the shit out of you. And I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I'm having a great day. I just showered off the game three loss, which has welcomed my life to just taking in the series as a whole. Actually showered? Yeah. Or figuratively? No, I I actually showered. That was pretty smart. Okay. It's pretty smelly, and I knew I was going to sit here with the AC off because that's background noise, so I'm hot. And I was like, okay, I got to get clean. And while I was in the shower, I was like, yo, I'm showering off this Game 3 loss. And I'm 
now I moved on, moved past it, and I'm thinking of this series as a whole. And I am honest with you, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. So this will jump straight into state of Yankee fans, state of unions. For me, Jake, there's still work to be done. <laughs> and Boone in the bullpen is still kind of a problem and just some really head-scratching decisions. So there are still negatives. Defense, blah, blah. There, obviously, there's negatives. But don't you think that this team that is coming out of this Red Sox series is a much different team than we knew going in? They won the series. They took two games. They looked competent. You were begging. You were you were happy with just one win going in. We were like, just don't get swept. I was I was begging for one win. Yeah. I wasn't happy with. Yes, one win. yes. You were begging for one win, and and just don't don't you can't get swept. Can't get swept. And we almost could have swept them if it wasn't for some real dumb shit at the end. Which I'm not not just like throwing out the window. Like that is a problem. But Sevy pitched well. Hap still looked good. Tanaka faltered, so that's a negative. But you got two positives on the starting pitching, one negative. Judge is back. Uh, he only had one hit, but he had a couple hard hit balls. Stanton had a big clutch hit. Luke Voigt is, oh my God, the most relevant Luke on the planet right now. Kutch is still doing his thing. I think our lineup is set. It's all about, like, all about all about maintaining home field advantage for the wild card. That's such a necessity in my brain now after seeing the series at home and stuff like that. But, and I, you can't get ahead of yourself, Jake. And this is why the wild card one game sucks. If it was like, we just went straight into the DS like six years ago, I'd be so not that worried anymore. Now, again, this can change next week. See how we do against Baltimore or next series. But I'm telling you, I think this was a, this was a much better Yankee team than we thought than we saw last series. So, uh, so I am I'm not even forcing myself to be positive. I'm like naturally happy with what we saw in this three game set versus Boston. I'm gonna eat my banana ice cream now. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, I I'm I mean, I I I don't fully agree with your delivery. Like I, we got Aaron Judge back. So that that's a huge boost. I don't know. I, this is why we got Hap. He pitched a good game against the Sox, and he's been pitching great. We, that's that's kind of been what we expect. I mean, I I don't know. We we were playing the Red Sox in our place. We're I think they've won nine. We've won seven games this year so far. Something like that. I don't know. We we played good. We, I mean, we got to price, which we've been doing. the The Sevy thing is kind of an X factor. We haven't we haven't fully flushed out. We we played good baseball. We we won the first game, which was a good tight baseball game. We got to price and blew the last one out. And then this game was kind of the back and forth until there's that one just kind of odd decision, and it, it comes back to the the decisions we've been making on paper instead of making with your your head and your heart this whole season but hey man this is this is kind of my ideal situation when when we talked last week the Yankees won two games and looked good in the games they won and they they showed Boston they can beat them if they want to not that these games meant a lot to Boston but I, it's good to see your name on the scoreboard above their name and then I I mean it's it's the only part about tonight that sucked is that uh, 
I don't know. Why why don't you throw your closer that's much more important to you in the 10-1 game and save Justice Sheffield's debut for any time you want? But again, besides that, not not too much matters and hey, they dance on our graves at the end of the series. I hope every Yankees player watched that, enjoyed it and used it as fuel and you go from there. I'm confused about where you're at because you, you're saying things that I agree with, but kind of in a solemn tone. Are you happy with where, what happened? Are you upset? I mean, man, this this is going back to what we said before. If you're, if you're not going to get low when the Yankees do some of the bad things we haven't liked from the Yankees this year, you can't get too high. I mean, we still have to play that playoff game. That's exactly what you said. I'm excited. The series went well. We played two really good games. The Chapman stuff was just weird. You just have to admit that. None of, none of that kind of makes sense. And hey, it, right now the the Red Sox are dancing on our graves, deservedly so. And you know, it, I I hope it ends up looking foolish for them. But we still got to win a one game where anything could happen, and then we have to go and play them if we win that one game. So don't dislike what I saw. We're we're still trending in the right direction. But uh, hey, man, on on the negative podcast we had for two three episodes where we said. It doesn't really matter. We have to play the wild card game. You kind of have to use a little bit of that here, Jim. Like, I'm happy and I liked what I saw, but we still have to play a one game against Oakland, who put up a 21 spot today. The wild card game is so scary. It's just right? so scary. And I think we definitely need home field advantage. Whoa. My mic just fell. Loose ball. I'll build because there's there's something there that I think can be talked about when you when you talk about home field advantage, because people are talking online how home field advantage hasn't mattered too much in the wild card, which is partially true. At, at this point, it's kind of been fifty fifty. I think for this Yankees team, it is big just because it's a home run hitting team, and if you're in Yankee Stadium, that just gives you so much more of a leg up. Um, never mind the crowd and all that stuff, but this team. I mean, you're looking at plus one homers a game if you're playing at Yankee Stadium, which is kind of silly. It's huge. Yeah. Okay. This is such a... I don't think you can do this. If we get to the wild card game and we win it and we play the Red Sox in the DS, how do you feel about that right now? I mean, I feel good. It's it's going to be a tough series. You, you, you start over and under analyzing stuff, but I mean, Hap looks has looked great and looks good against the Red Sox. And if you have if you believe in J Hap for two starts, even if you think you can split those in your head, I mean that's huge. That you you probably try to get it to Tanaka in the stadium and uh, we saw some decent Sevy. So you you know you have a chance and I mean it's it's going to be an intense series. It's going to be intense games and Let's be honest, all the pressure would be on the Red Sox, but <laughs> but we still have to win that game against Oakland. So I, I don't think we can dive too deep into that. And like like I said, this series is a positive. But again, if if our lows in the past series, we can't get too low because it's all leading to the wild card game anyways. Our highs from this series, we can't get too high because it's leading to the wild card series. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and I appreciate it. But... I just chugged cold brew and I'm I'm counteracting negativity and I'm genuinely like so the wild card no negativity not from you. Yeah. 
I'm not counteracting negativity from you. I'm counteracting it from the fan base that I've seen. Uh, but but this is weird because like we're, I'm throwing the wild card out like I just asked you. If we win that wild card, how do you feel against the, the Red Sox in a series? Up until three days ago, I didn't feel good about that at all. At all. I would be like, I that, the Red Sox, that's, we don't, uh, you know. And now I feel like not that we beat them. I'm not that confident or cocky, but I'm just confident that we would we would make it a series. And and again, we're bypassing the wild card, which you can't really do. But that's where my head's at. That's where that's where the change happened for me. Like a week ago, it was oh, if we get past the wild card, well, hey, anything can happen. You never know; could be crazy. Where like you're kind of banking on a fluke or some crazy shit. Where now, I think, hey, if we get past that wild card, I think we can get. Give him hell. So that's where the change is. But again, that wild card, like you, like I appreciate what you're saying. That wild card is the end all be all, because nothing matters until that wild card. Once that wild, it's like a it's like a coin flip, and it's like the checkered flag. Like you win that wild card, okay, checkered flags up, and now the race starts. But until that gets raised, it's just like nothing. Yeah, it's if if we lose that wild card thing, everything is pretty much a big failure. If we win it, I'm. I mean, if we win the wild card game, the pressure fully shifts to Boston. That's a fun take ba- as well. And and it's baseball, so that's I I I think I was kind of on that page before. I mean, that doesn't mean we win it. it there's going to be Chris Sale waiting for you in Fenway at Game One, but I I mean again that <laughs> stuff like that almost starts to work against you if you're the Red Sox. Because if we do get to that series and it's Hat versus Sale at Fenway and we win that first game, oh my God! I imagine how bad Yankee Twitter's been all year. Imagine Boston Twitter that night. So there's some good stuff for the Yankees. I just don't think the needle moves that much. Okay. Because at this point, it doesn't right now. You know. I think I think good. I think you needed to counterbalance me there, and 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 that is that is where I should be. So I think. I think you're in the correct mindset. And if anyone was like, hey, 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 Jim, what mindset should you be in? I'd say, Jake's. Let cold brew Jimmy run, baby girl. Go be with Jake. Dude, I'm making cold brew. I'm so excited to have a routine. I don't like that. What? You're dangerous making your own cold brew. Yeah, so I'm making my own cold brew. Because you're never... Because you're never going to make a weaker cold brew, you know? Yeah, no. So... So, I'm just really excited to get into a routine. And, and I'm concerned because it's past midnight on the East Coast. <laughs> dude, I mean, a, a podcast day and a game that starts at 7, I'm done. I'm up till 5, whatever. I, but I'm getting into a routine of things before what I was trying to say, and I'm really excited about it. it. It really doesn't start until you get back from your exploits, and then we start doing daily stuff. Uh, but... I'm excited to you know, make my old cold brew, make my own banana ice cream, make my own this. My grandma's my neighbor now, so she comes over, watches the games with me. Can we talk routines for like 30 seconds? Just daily routines? It's routine? pretty crazy that humans need routine. Pretty dumb. We're just idiots. Right? Yeah. I'm dying That's for That's talking routine. routines. Done. That was a quick routine talk. Quickest routine talk on this pod this year. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go into and longest and longest. Wow, two records 
one conversation. Let's go into uh, Jakey's Burns. If you're a new listener, Red Sox series usually bring in some new listeners, so I'm going to explain it a little more than we do. Jake Burns the games. Yeah, uh, old school Sports Center style. On your mark, get set, burn. Game one in the battle of the trade line acquisitions. Nate Dog Evaldi against Jay. What's happening? Both pitchers would prove their worth tonight. Top three, JD, no relation to Pedro Martinez. Zach Fly, one nothing socks through three. Oh my God. Heck, one nothing socks through six. Bottom seven. Fear the night, fear the night, fever. Disco Neal, three run shot into the second deck. East side walk it out, side side walk it out. 3 1 Yankees. Zach Britton into close. Echeverria blows the double play. Zach Britton blows the double play. Oh my God, what's happening? John Sterling says we should lose, and he was right. Britton gets another bouncer back to the mound. Double play. Game over. Yankees win. Final 3 2. You know what I say about my ninth innings? Why get three outs when you can get seven outs? End of year Yankees DVD? That should be a scene, and I don't think it's going to be. I don't think that's going to be. It's a weird scene to include. But if that, if the third Zach Britton double play goes awry, cancel the season. The whole team's got the yips. You're a yip team. We kind of are a yip team. We can get to that later on, but we kind of are a yip team. (laughs) That's not good. I mean, almost unbelievable. Echeverria, who's one of the most well-respected defensive players in baseball, doesn't necessarily throw a bad ball. It's there, but Glaber's too excited to turn the double play, so he just misses it. Sad puppy dog Glaber. Next one, right to Britain, chucks it into right center field. Holy cow, what are we doing and actually, not for nothing, and this shouldn't be a pat on the back, but it actually is, turning that last one is impressive. Well, because he, he, after you after you muff it and to turn that cleanly, that's that actually takes a lot because your brain is spinning. He he changed grips. Like the first one he just grabbed it and threw. And he said the second time he Britain grabbed it, found the four seam grip, then threw it to Glaber. That second one, no one's really talked about, but Walker made a hell of a pick. Yeah, yeah. And you know what else he did in this game? Oh, hit the three-run game-winning only offense homer. Upper deck, D-I-S-C-O. Some fun shit, dude. Neil Walker, what a punk. But the complete opposite of a punk. Been on him all year. (laughs) Kind of of blindly, to be honest. (laughs) This has been a blind disco Neil Walker podcast for six months now, and and we didn't realize why. What an enigma that guy is. What a great find. He's so, that was so clutch. 3 2 pitch. Like, I don't, was it slider, fastball? I don't know. He was our starting first baseman that game. Crushed it. Oh, yeah, dude. First base? 3 3 2 pitch. Shout out the first baseman's. Most productive series Yankees first baseman have probably had, I don't know. <laughs> Five years. <laughs> they had they had uh, four home runs in the three games. I mean, three of them. Since were people started shifting on Mark Teixeira. <laughs> uh, Hap was good. Walker's good. Uh, he went to green. 
then Robertson, then Britton, um, and and they were all good. So, yeah, and dude, Hap's Hap's run was unearned. Yeah, um, weird inning, and, and and so was Britton's. By the way, um, Gary can't catch a ball right down the middle. Bad. Also, Hap balked him to second and then walked a guy. Bad. There's a combination of bad things. Bad. Um, the old balk walk pass ball. Good job, Red Sox. Yankees had three hits, Jim. Yeah, made them work, made them count, though. Who had the other two hits outside of Neil? This is kind of an unfair question, but... Glaber had one, because you were like, okay, there we go. Glaber starts it off with a double, and then they did nothing. And then... um, Who was on in front of Neil? Hicks walked and Gary walked. Fucking Red Sox relievers just walking people and giving up home runs for the next reliever. Red Sox pitchers. Who had the other hit? Hicks? Hicks had the other hit. Nice. Cool. Go, Hicks. Go. Pretty wild. Yeah. All right. That was game one. Good game. It, nice, solid start. Down, down, down. Not hitting, not hitting. Boom. Disco. Everyone's partying. Everyone's having fun. Boom. Everyone's panicking. Everyone's having a heart attack. Boom. Yankees win. I mean, in the, in the moment, you don't like it. But afterwards, like me and my grandma were like, man, that was a fun game. That got, that got us pumping. I want to say this because I have ESPN in the background, and we already did our full State of the Union, and this is probably when it should have been said. But they did the stat cast on Giancarlo's home run, and Yankee Stadium was the only MLB field <laughs> that that would have been a home run in. Did you? Did you? Uh, David Price had a great, great quote after his start, and I and I like that we crush David Price as a person. I don't really hate him. Uh, I like that he hates the media, even though we're kind of. Well, are we media? I don't know. Whatever. Halfway. Half. But someone said your your four seam was a tick up on velocity. Was that because you were trying to find it? And David Price just looked at the reporter and said, where'd you get that? Statcast? And the reporter said, yeah, it was Statcast. I said, well, don't look at that. That's wrong. Oh, that so the he's your favorite ever. Yeah, because Statcast is a crock of shit. <laughs> I, uh, I, I half believe the nerds on that. I mean... At, David Price had been undefeated since, what, July 1st? Yeah, he's having a pretty good year, like 3.4 year A. And I guess this this segues us into game two. But, I mean, it's also, I, I mean, there's some math there. They're, the Yankees have a ton of righties, and <laughs> Yankee Stadium is a home run park. So, like, A plus B, sorry, dude, you're not going to be great against the Yankees. Well, who's more annoying, the Red Sox fans that cry band box or the Yankees fans who defend it like it's not a band box. I mean, you know what I'd have to pick <laughs> um, as a Yankee fan. No, it's. I mean, it it is really silly. Luke Voigt's second home run <laughs> was like a weak flyout. Right, and I here here's what I'll say. But I love it. And this this sounds a little dumb, but I mean, the Yankees have a team molded around the home run ball. Yes. So it it does mean more for them to be at Yankee Stadium because you can say the you know hey both teams are playing in the same ballpark but one team every batter is trying to hit home runs to right field. <laughs> yeah, but that's also like Fenway. Oh, every opposing team has a left fielder that just has to fucking learn how to play the position completely different now. Well, yeah, I mean you're basically playing a deep shortstop. Um, you could you they threw Manny out there for almost a decade. 
But yeah, I it it's kind of one of those crazy things that you you don't see that in a lot of sport. Basketball teams, you don't mold your team around the stadium. But yeah, and that's uh, Sterling. And again, I, I when we talked to Michael Kay, he talked about how they try to be the most neutral broadcast they can. I mean, John Sterling was swooning about the Red Sox team, about how many of them can take the extra base on you, how many of them can steal a base, how many of them can home run. They they don't have the full depth of the Yankees lineup, but their guys that can do it can do it in a lot of different ways. And, I mean, Yankee Stadium, when you have Luke Voigt and Glaber hitting 8-9 instead of Sandy Leone and Jackie Bradley, who who clipped us tonight... But that's that's a big difference in those two stadiums. I love that Luke Voigt is like just very much aiming for a short porch. Dude, I again, you know, I get nervous when I say actual baseball stuff because I do feel confident about it because I love watching sports. But I obviously never made it to that level of competition. Every and this is part of the reason I feel the Yankees went out and got Luke Voigt. It's reverse hitting. Every fastball, he waits on it, lets it come in, just tries to barrel it and go oppo, and then if he sees off speed, he tries to turn his hips on it, which normally you're told the reverse thing. So, um, (laughs) hey, it's working. All right, let's uh, burn game two, which we've already talked about a little bit. Bad job by us. Yeah. On, on, ready, set, Burn! David Demon's Price versus Luis. The struggle is Veal Severino. The Red Sox got an RBI single from Sandy Leone in the fifth. Only reason I mention that is that is the only run they would score. Seven innings pitch, one earned run from Sevy. Meanwhile, the Yankees would put up double digits. Andujar Yabo judged two runs through Nunez's wickets. Voight home run per usual. Voight retweet two RBI and second homer of the game. Hicksie, two RBI triple to ice it. Greg Bird, oh, you're here? RBI ground out. Hicks, RBI single. Sevy to holder to Justice Sheffield making his major league debut. Final, Yanks 10, Sox 1. This was a lot of fun. One of those games where you like, hey, that game? I liked it. So this is where I'll let Cold Brew Jimmy run, and I think we're going to talk about it more later, so I won't let you fully run. But uh, I I mentioned, I think it was last series or the Mariners series, that like Didi got hot, and even though we lost the series, there was more positives than negatives, negatives for building up for the wild card game. For this, A, we won the series, but seeing Sevy pitch good, like... That changes our whole outlook. If we have real Sevy, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, no, for real though. That's like a, that's a huge victory. Like, sure, Tanaka didn't do great, but what's one bad start in a litany of great starts for Tanaka? Set and this is, okay, so this is one good start and a litany of bad starts for Severino. But fuck it, <laughs> it's good. And uh, I mean, we'll see next start. We'll get into wild card starter after we finish the burns. Because I think definitely have to start having the conversation. Have the conversation. We started last episode. Uh, but yeah, Savvy looked great. And then Sheffield makes his debut, which I said beforehand that I thought it would be stupid and that they should pitch Chapman. But it was a special moment. And that camera shot of him like 
taking the deep breath and going out there and reaching his dream was awesome. And then like all the gifts of him kind of flat, like uh, laughing and like fewing like, after the game. That was awesome. So there's a lot of fun moments for the Sheffield thing, even though that was a very stupid decision. I don't know why they did it. Yeah, I mean, I'll. <laughs> you said a lot of nice stuff around the word "stupid decision" twice. It was because I'm. I'm sorry. I know. For the future of the Yankees, Justice Sheffield will be hopefully uh, have a lot of importance, and and I will say there is something beautiful to your first inning being sloppy, and it is the story you're going to tell for the rest of your life. Because how many times do we hear? Ken Singleton or Coney or O'Neill talk about their first at bat and and you start cackling and you look, you look, basically you look back at your first at bat or your first appearance and you see your whole career in front of you and you have no idea what it is. And there, there is something so beautiful to that. Yeah. He's going to be like, and then Mookie fucking smoked one. And I'm thinking, oh no, three run home or third batter I ever face. But it goes foul. Like it's gonna be this big story that he tells in the future. Yeah, and then it turns into the double play, and it'll be a happy story if he's on a broadcast in a couple years. But for this season, man, I I think you have to throw Chapman in there. It's I, a ten-one game. There's there's nothing on the line, and Chapman is this weird. It's almost like a thoroughbred horse. And I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like you'd never no no completely normal you 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 have to do everything perfect, and if it's not, you don't let that horse race that day. Oh, I see where I thought you just meant physically he looked like a thoroughbred horse. Oh, I mean he does, but just think about it. Like everyone in the Yankees bullpen, we've talked about Chapman and D Rob potentially going two innings. You'd never talk about that with Batances and Chapman cuz when they're right for that one inning you just that's so special you don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put that in its own league cuz when they are right it's so dynamic, unique and good. I just think this was the perfect situation. It's still Yankees Red Sox, but you have a 9-run cushion where you just tell Chapman at that point, "Bro, if you throw enough strikes, even if you give up 3 runs, no one cares." Just throw strikes, get used to pitching in a major league game, then we'll try in a real situation. And they kind of did the same thing with Justice, but this and this is too negative for winning a 10-1 game and, and winning two out of three against our series, but this was another on-paper move. They said they wanted to get Justice Sheffield in this game if we were up a lot or down a lot. They, sound, they saw their window and took it when hell, what, you know, why don't you throw Chapman in the eighth inning if you really feel that way instead of Holder? You know, you just there were other options there that I feel like they didn't fully explore because they had it on paper before the game. Yeah, I don't know if it's been answered, but someone said that his throw day was the day before, so they didn't want him doing back to back, which is why he was unavailable on Saturday or whatever the second game. But even then, it's like, well, then don't use him. In the close game, we're trying to win because we all know what he's like Like when he's not right. Like you said, he looks, smells, and feels like a horse, and everything needs to be right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, game three. This is the the, the loss. Game Trace. Well, spoiler. Ah, I do apologize. You don't. Oh, I know, Jake. I apologize. I just said it. Yeah. To anyone that I just spoiled game three for 
who genuinely looks forward to the burns to find out the game results because they've avoided it. I apologize to that person. <laughs> Thank you to that one person. <laughs> From that one person. On your mark, get shot. Burn! Tanaka versus Erod, and neither would factor into the decision as the Yankees try to sweep the Sox. JD and Mookie, uh, yeah, couple RBI singles from those guys. That scores three for the Sox. Angelina Jolie is hot, and she comes from John Voigt's ball sack. <laughs> Don't care. Luke Voigt is out of control. Two-run homer. Rock Holt solo homer. Ew. Makes it 4-2 to two to Red Sox. Bottom four. G-Unit. Grand Salami. 6-4 Yanks. And that would be your final. So wrong. Red Sox score seven unanswered against the Yanks pen. That's fun. Dance on our graves. Yankees lose. Red Sox clinch the East. Final score of the game, 11-6. Yankees win the series 2-1. to one. Hey, Bobby, water sucks. Gatorade's better. Use it on the field. <laughs> Bad podcast, but I was doing my head shake. Jake was responding as if he was Bobby Boucher, but you guys couldn't see unless you're a Patreon subscriber who watches on YouTube. And even then, I don't know if you were on big screen. But uh, yeah, motivation, man. Visualize, then attack. Visualize the the Red Sox celebrating on our field, clinching the division that we wanted to clinch. Then attack later on when we play them again. Or just attack the Orioles next. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my full spin zone. We, we had two games where good things happen. And then if, hey, if you don't like the other team beating you, why don't you watch them celebrate on your field mm-hmm. in in the corridors of your stadium. Um, just, and I'll just pick up the conversation where we left up here. Here comes Chapman in an eight, six ball game that the Yankees have been getting base runners and it's been a punch counter punch game. And I don't know, Jim, this is a hindsight's 2020 kind of thing, but Chapman is one of those prototypical closers that if it's not a, a save situation, you know you're not getting the best Chapman. Yeah, he's done well this season in non-sane. But yes, not you're not getting dripping sweat, yelling and screaming, you know, looking, smelling, feeling, and sounding like a horse Chapman. And it's it's a thousand percent mental because so many closers do this. If it's not three runs or less, which some guy in the early 1900s arbitrated as a save, they're just shot. And so that multiplied by his first MLB appearance, I think Yankee fans knew this was getting off the wire. But again, this was on paper that they said somewhere they want to get Chapman in this game with a decent lead or not a decent lead. And then, I mean, what do you really expect if he's... If he's already laboring, he was having the typical Chapman, I can't throw my fastball, but I can throw my slider for strikes. But that only works for like one and a half hitters. And then they realize, oh, you can only throw your slider for a strike. 
which takes away your 102 fastball, and they can sit on an 85-mile-per-hour slider, and then Mookie Betts hits it 440 feet. Hmm. I've put it together, and it seems like the pitch that's very hard to hit, you're not throwing anymore. And the pitch that's quite easy to hit without deception, you're throwing every time. Isn't that a great feeling when you just know that 85-mile-per-hour slider's coming, so you just rock it? Yeah. Like, if Chapman, it's like, yeah. Chapman, Chapman just throw me that slider, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to hit it once you know it's coming for Mookie Betts. Me? Probably still couldn't. Is there, this is a little meh, because I mean, it, it seems like things were already in a tough place. Do you walk Mookie there and go Benny versus Chapman? No. You go no. You gotta get gotta let Chapman just get it out of there. Okay. Benny crushes. Benny's good too. But uh what else about this game? I mean this game this game alone is a loss and had some shitty moments, but there's still positive voice energy. Um Stanton coming through Giancarlo with, the, with, with the a grand, big a big moment. Finally a big moment. I think this is the second game, I think one versus Chicago too, where he had a big moment, like a big like, oh yeah, and then it just gets completely washed and erased. But was pretty nice. Let's talk about the defensive mishap. Hicks. Sure. I'm easy to rag on Hicks. And sometimes I have to know that. And let's let's do this before before the speech. If there's a hundred percent to give out, and it's Hicks and Anduhar, what are your percentages? Oh, I'm still more Anduhar. Oh yeah, I I that's the answer. I just want to make sure you were going there. Yeah, because when you said rag on Hicks, I got scared. <laughs> I'm more Anduhar. You just stop the ball, dude. Just like that ball that's coming, run Do up and catch anything it. but Olay it. Yes, go stop the ball, Anduhar. So maybe like ninety percent on Anduhar. But Hicks, I think I, I think I'm eighty twenty. Okay, but like, dude, Hicks has proven. I think Hicks is complacent, motherfucker. That's what I'm trying to get at. He's proven that he saved two runs in game one, first half because teams just won't run on him. Like he didn't have to throw the ball, and it was just his scouting report. And I wanted to send out a tweet like, "It's going to be 2022, and no team is going to be running on Hicks because of his highlights from 2015 and 16." Like, just the threat of Hicks' harm has stopped everyone from running, and it's true, and it's a great thing because you don't have to actually. It's like a fake gun. It's like you didn't even have to load the bullets. So if you do get arrested, or like, dude, I was never going to kill him. There's no bullets in this gun. I was just scaring him. That's what. That's what Hicks' arm kind of is right now. Like it's a it's a gun with no bullets in it because. I don't think he's thrown anyone out in a while. And that what he just did was he it's like trying to be smart and it was just dumb. Like firing it into third, like, oh, I'm gonna catch that runner, taking the extra base for the third out. You know why? He did that against Nunez last year in last August against the Red Sox. Jimmy, what what was the one thing I was good at doing on a baseball field? Relay throws. I was hoping you'd say playing center field, but <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll partially take that. You were all right at center field. You were fun. Hixie pulled a Storielli, and I'm excited for you to find this relay because this is a move that I thought up until today I was the only one to pull off in baseball. In the history of the sport. And it ended up costing the Yankees a run. Okay, what was it? 
Hicks did a no-look throw to third. Oh, interesting. So Hicks comes up with it, and he does he does the full Hicks wind-up cannon, like, I'm coming home, I'm going to peg you, even though it wasn't happening. But he does that because he wants the runner on second to think that he's going home, so the runner on second thinks they can take third. I'm telling you, bring it up. He is his body is squared up to home plate and he rockets it sideways to third. All right, I'll bring up the clip. That's interesting. But even so if that's what he did, then yeah, dude, you're trying to be too smart. Hicks is fine, and that was ten percent his fault. Anduar, stop that fucking ball. Yeah. I mean that's 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 where it's eighty twenty, because you say the twenty to Hicks, either like get it there or hit the cutoff man or don't do a no look throw. But Anduhar, the ball's in front of you. You gotta you can't let it go in the stands there. You have to stop that ball. Stop you that ball. You can't let it go in the stands. That's the only thing you can't let happen, and you let it happen. Burns are done. Games are done. We're going into awards now, which are brought to you by affordablejerseys.com. You go there. You go to the Yankees section. Buy a jersey. Because guess what? Jake is The needle hasn't moved for Jake but it moved a little bit for me, and we're happy again. We're ready to go into the playoffs. I didn't say the needle didn't move. I think that was your exact quote. I, su- I said you can't fully move the needle. Okay, so Jake's needle's been nudged. Mine went up a little ticker. I'm a little more confident. Just got to get past that fucking wild card first. The confidence doesn't matter. So did it, or did you just say that sentence after the needle? No, my post-wild card winning needle moved. Oh, yeah. Same, dog. Yes, but the wild card... But we're not there. My favorite thing is people are like, I'm not confident in the wild card. Oh, the one-game crapshoot play-in? I'm not confident either, unless we're at Yankee Stadium, then I'm kind of confident. <laughs> Talking in circles. Anyway, go to affordablejerseys.com. They got Yankee jerseys with no name on the back. That's how the players wear it on the field. That's how you should wear it in the stadium. No name on the back. And also cheap. A lot of places you want, hey, I don't want the name on the back. Well, uh, it cost me an arm and a leg. To take off the name. Well, they got it cheaper. It's like under $100. No name. AffordableJerseys.com brings us to awards. It's not Sunday. It's Friday. Well, Thursday night, Friday, whatever, whatever. So it's Jake's turn to go first. Jake will give his pride of the Yankees. Then I'll give my pride of the Yankees. And Jake will give his Yankee motherfucker. Then I'll give my Yankee motherfucker. Jake will give a regular old award. I'll give a regular old award. Jake will give a regular old award. I'll give a regular award. You're from New York. We're from New York. Jake, who's your who's your pride of the Yankees? And if this is your first time listening, whether you're you you found us through ESNY or something else. I'm sorry about coffee, Jimmy. I I can't. It sometimes it shocks me he's out at this time of night, but he's nice guy. Coffee, Jimmy, better than uh, mustache, Jimmy. Uh, mustache, Jimmy is easily my favorite, Jimmy. Hmm. Easily. Um, my pride of the Yankees, Jim. Yeah. Was was between a couple guys. Yeah, I can guess two. And I I think I'm I think mine's gonna surprise you. Shit, I thought mine was gonna surprise you. I'm going J-Hap. Ooh. He was one of the two options for me. But I'm not going with either of those two options. But Hap, lay it on me. Why is he your part of the Yankees, Jake? Tell me why. Why? So, why? So, here, here's, here's the things that I took in. Here's the things you need to do to the car. Um, I lift things up. I put them down. Here's the things I put into consideration with pride of the Yankees. And it's, 
again, like we've talked about what's building up to this wild card. And there was a hitting option that I considered that I I think was a great pick and will have more of an effect in the wild card because I don't think Jay Happ will be ready to go in the wild card because I think you save him for the Red Sox if you get there. But if you do get there, how could you not be confident in this guy? He's had a 2-3-9-1-0-3 ERA and whip with the Yankees so far. He is... He's 6-0. and <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, he's he's been incredible with the Yanks. His... His war with the Yankees in nine starts is .8 higher than his war with Toronto in 20 starts. He's done a great job. I just think, again, so what What are we building up for? This wild card game. We keep talking about it. We keep talking about it. We're talking. We're All talking. All we ever say. Like you said, how your confidence went up slightly due to the Yankees' performance this series. On the season now... In 16.2 innings, J-Hap has a .54 ERA against the Red Sox. That's a team from Boston. 16.2 innings, 22 strikeouts. Um, he's just been dirty. And I I remember there was a couple weeks back that I was looking for any weakness from the Red Sox. And against left-handed starting pitching, they aren't that dynamic or special. I mean, they still have a winning record, but... It's not even close to their other record, which is funny considering Mookie and JD are their big MVP candidates, but I guess, I mean, those guys hit everyone. So that's why I'm giving J-Hap the award. He's, he's been awesome. He's been special. And, man, him going up against Chris Sale in what would be game one of the ALDS, I think every Yankee fan is lip licking their chops and saying, Ugh. yo, I think we can sneak this one out. Where normally you're saying like, well, well, hopefully we do something against Sale and maybe get him out of the game. You come into that game like all the pressure's on Boston if we get to Sale? Holy smokes. So my pride of the Yankees goes to J-Hap. Who, we talked about this a little off air, is kind of creepy looking. Yeah, he's got a um I think like an evil he's, doctor. He's one tick away from being a great villain, whether it's a scar or like something weird with his eye, or maybe it's just maybe it's just outfit. Put a doctor mask on him. Maybe a cleft lip. Doesn't he already have that? Maybe like a real cleft lip. <laughs> he looks like an evil Scandinavian doctor, just silent the whole time. You're like, what's yes. going on? And then he just like gives you the anesthesia. And you're like, please don't kill me. And then he kills you. He's the guy you think in a movie, you're like, I'm pretty sure he's a bad guy, but he's not. And then you're like, oh, such a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. My pride of the Yankees, you're going to be mad at me. You're going to be like, nah. Yeah, I'm Jake. Yeah. I'm so no, mad. You, you, when, when you have the second pick, you normally blow it. I'm Jake. I'm so mad. My dog wouldn't die in a car. You know you're not actually getting the pride of the Yankees, so you just fully bail. I'm not fully bailing. This was going to be my pride of the Yankees if I was first. Brian Cashman. Look at this series. Hap, who you just said. Voight, three home runs. You got Britain had to save a game because Chapman was unavailable. They're all 
doing shit. Kutch had a 5 571 on base percentage in this series. Yeah, dude. Glaber was there. Gary was there. Sevy was there. You know, Cashman got all those guys. Well, he did. But, I mean, the ones that he specifically got to help us towards the end are all working out. There's been articles about it, how, like, the, the, out of the guys who switched teams, the guys who came to the Yankees are benefiting their team more than other guys that switched teams. Voight's the best hitter post-trade deadline that switched yeah. the team. I mean, I'm just mad that you technically picked five guys to be the pride of the Yankees instead of one actual player. Well, Voight's the main guy, but they're all there, dude. It's like legit. Like everyone that came over yeah. the trade deadline is helping the team. And and Voight's the main guy because we were so mad at the nerds. Like what are the nerds doing? Why is this guy who no one knows? Hey, guess what? The guys who study baseball players and do baseball prof- decisions professionally are smarter than you and I at baseball decisions. Who'd have thunk that? Me. I would have thunk it because obviously they are. It, has there ever been a weirder move that like worked out? Like there has to be a scout that was all on Luke Voigt. Like cash, you have to get him. They're blocking him. He would be a stud. They don't even know it. Put him in our park. You got to get him. And then cash gets him for Chase and Shreve, Galagos. And, like Chase and Shreve was going to be released. So that's basically nothing. Gallegos has some years, not anything special. And we get Voight. And even if he was a rental, even if he wasn't part of our future plans, because I still think it's kind of early to say, oh, he's our first baseman of the future. But even if he's just a true rental like Kutch, it's a fucking stellar trade. It's amazing what this kid is doing. He got double-digit home runs, Jake. Got double-digit home runs. So, shout out to the nerds. We gave them so much hate. We were so wrong. They were so right. So, my proud of the proud of the Yankees is still Cashman because Kutch is working out, and he basically made Gardner irrelevant, which is very sad. But Kutch is working. Hap is the Yankees are eight and one in games. Hap starts. Voigt's doing incredible things. Britain's calmed down lately. The double plays were weird, but like his pitching is pretty good. He got seven outs technically. Six. So the the trade deadline pieces are, are, are working nicely. So props to Cashman. It really is insane, Jim. Um, we mentioned this earlier. I, I mean, Luke Voigt is, I don't want to say an old 21 because, A, that'll make me and Jimmy's heart stop. He's not 21. He's 27 or 28. 27. Excuse me. He, he enters, he'll enter spring training next year at 28. And think about this. Outside of the Chase and Shreve trade, this guy probably doesn't see the field. And then he comes into spring training as a 28-year-old who's never really played Major League Baseball. And he's getting married soon, and his wife's a teacher, and he's probably thinking, I got to hang him up if I don't get my chance. But then he's also thinking, but I could fucking play. I'm just blocked. What a tough life decision. And it, it just circles you through... I mean, how many guys have gotten overlooked just because they were blocked or something else happened? And it's, I mean, it's part of what makes baseball beautiful because every, for every Luke Voigt that's having their moment now, there's probably four other guys that could have been that guy. I got looked over. I was blocked freshman year. Oh, you were garbage. No, um, no, not, defense, no, not, you, not you defensively. Were, you were fun. You were fun. Not defensively. 
I was good. You were fun on the I was the op- I was the Austin Romine minus if if I if I if I, if you, I tr- you were the Austin Romine. If I tried to go oppo, if I tried to go inverted stance, I mean I'm probably not even here with you right now. I'm probably. Uh, you were the Austin Romine if instead of slapping singles to the opposite field, it was running to first on swinging strikeout pass balls and laying down some nice bunts every now and then. Yeah, I mean you were second best bunter on the team to me, but that's not true. Um, oh yeah, but uh, no, it's it really is insane what what Luke Voigt's doing. He, <laughs> man, before coming to the Yankees, I mean. Dude, he he played in 60 70 games. He I guess he had 5 home runs. He was batting like 230 OBP under 300 and now he's on the Yankees. He's playing like one of the best players in the league. 323, actually he's like 340 now I think batting average or 330 something batting average and 400 plus OBP cuz he went 4 for 4 in the third game today. If if he did this in the first half, he's no no. He went four for four second game. If he did this in the first half, he'd be in the lead to be the AL starting first baseman in the All Star game. That's why the All Star game is juke. And and he went from a guy a guy that was in serious threat to maybe hang him up. So I. It's wild. I, I guess it is credit to the nerds, but <laughs> yo, it's huge credit to nerds. They found a needle I almost in the still want to give them double birds because it's like you fuckers didn't know this. I think they're dead. I think one dude is nudging his wife. They every, didn't know every, this. Every time Voight hits a home run, there's a scout out there just nudging his wife. Like I fucking told them, hon. They thought he could be them. Tyler Austin. They didn't think he could be Albert Pujols in his prime. <laughs> All right, who's your Yankee motherfucker? Ooh. Ew. Yankee mother fluffer. You Yankee motherfucker. Hmm. Let's go. Uh, this is always tough for me, man. I want to do something mean, but I, I never want to do the actual mean thing. You know what? Let's. I'm going to throw a curveball here. How about Chad Green? Oh, that's mean. Dude, I'm so here's my thing and this has been and it it's kind of funny when the same argument between Yankees and Red Sox has been the same thing all season. We looked at Mookie Benatendi <laughs> and Martinez and said like, "Whoa, those <laughs> I mean, those guys are tough. Those <laughs> those guys are tough to beat." And they probably have better starting pitcher than us. But we have a deeper lineup and we have bullpen. And we're still, it's, it's September 20th, and we're at the same spot. If you give the Red Sox bottom of the lineup anything, you're in a tough spot. Yeah, you got to shut those guys down. And I'm sorry, I and, and Red, Red Sox fans will admit this as long as you're not on a Yankees podcast. Jackie Bradley Jr. is not a good hitter. He's a gold glove cal- caliber center fielder. He's he's like really, really good in center field. It's 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 special. It's dynamic. It it deserves playing time when you have a two thirty two batting average and a three twelve OBP, two thirty seven career batting average, three seventeen OBP. And it it's not like it's wrong to play that guy. 
but you give up a homer to that guy to tie the game off of Chad Green when we're trying to stretch him out to two innings and be our special dynamic Chad Green? I mean, that's paralyzing. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying that's what cost us the game, but, I mean, you can't get mad at Chapman because it's his first game back. Like, I, I normally he would have had a bunch of rehab and been in set up in a better position. Hell, he should have been set up the night before where I almost gave the Yankee MF to Cashman, which would have been totally ass backwards because you just gave him the pride, and it's not like he really deserved that just because they're still doing some of their on-paper bullshit. So... Chad Green, don't you can't be giving up home runs to Jackie Bradley Jr. And I, you know, while we're here, I might as well throw some of those guys in the same boat. I mean, the bottom of their lineup, Vasquez, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, you're seeing a Swihart. I know he has potential. I'm seeing Sandy Leone down there, Lynn's pinch running. I mean, these are guys you can't let do anything against you. Otherwise, that's where you get these giant Red Sox innings. Because if you have guys on base for bets, Ben and Tiendi Martinez, you're in a tough spot. Brock Holt batted fifth tonight and hit a home run. I'm I'm done. I was going to say something pretty juvenile and stupid, but I don't think I'm going to say anymore. So I'm nice pocketing that. If I were to say it, it was going to be that I, I think the bottom of their lineup looks like a bunch of guys that probably smell terrible. Okay, I've got no problem with that. I'm not saying it, but that's what I would have said. I mean, Sandy Leone doesn't smell good. I mean, well, Vasquez. Probably pretty bad. <laughs> I, I mean, but it's both catchers. Not a lot of good-smelling catchers. Francesco Cervelli smells like hairspray and, and like cologne behind the plate. It's a different bad smell. <laughs> He's kind of got the Axe B.O. smell going. Yeah, Cervelli smells... Yeah, it's Axe, it's like... He layers up with the colognes before he gets back. Cervelli home. smells good enough. You let him in the nightclub, and then no girl talks to him in there. Posada didn't smell good. No. no catchers aren't good-smelling guys. If you were to look at a Yankee and think, he probably got a, a smell to him. I, I mean, CeCe's probably not having a lot of great-smelling days. Like, at the end of the day, CeCe smells great to start the day. Yeah, <laughs> It's a battle. By 7 p.m. Lynn's not. Season. Dude, Lynn doesn't smell good. He wears sweatshirts to make himself sweat yeah, just to get ready Lynn for game. Yeah, doesn't smell good. Oh, either. let's just name the fat people. And he's got that grosso smile. I bet toe smells weird. No, toe smells great. Small guy syndrome. You can't lose that. <laughs> when you're small, you can't lose the hair game, the smell game, the swag game, because those are all you have to fight with. Okay, fine. Uh, my, my Yankee motherfucker and it's slim pickings. Um, like, like you said, Chapman is on Boone, um, uh, and Cashman, Boone and Cashman, whoever made that decision. And then it's like, well, we don't really know. So I don't want to go in on whoever it was, but the bullpen management's been pretty trash all season, I think. Uh, but I'm going to give my Yankee motherfucker to, uh, Glaber. That surprise you? Nah. He only had two hits. He went two for 11, 182 average, 182 on base percentage. And he made like a couple plays that he should have made. They're in the shift. They're in the shift and it gets hit right to him and he olays it. Like just body that dude, get in front of it and throw it out, throw him out. The missed first double play, the first double play. 
And listen, I love his his puppy dog face. Wait, hold on. Fuck. Okay. Well, okay. Shit. No. You know what? I was going to pivot to Gary because he didn't have any hits at all. And, but. and had bad defense. But Gary walked four times, and, and three of those times the player behind him hit a home run. So I actually have an award coming up later for Gary. Spoiler alert. Spoiled two things. I forgot I had that award. Oh, what if I did? No, go fuck yourself. I already had that award planned out in my head, so I, I've just stumbled onto anything. So I'm sticking with Glaber. Glaber's puppy dog face, while I love it, it's funny, it's cute, I don't want to see it anymore, dude. Just start not make, missing little plays. And it, it was it's not a really big motherfucker, but I just he didn't have any hits. He had two hits, and he didn't really help us out uh, on the offense at all. I mean, he scored one run, zero walks, zero sack flies, Got on base two times. It's the whole reason we, you and me, were hesitant about moving Glaber up in the order, and it goes back to the A Rod quote: "The more boring you are this year, Glaber, the better." Yeah, it's true. If you poke singles and play good defense, you're going to be more special to this team than if you have a couple miscues and hit a couple home runs. It's true. Be boring. Learn from Hap. All right. Jake. Regular. Be, old award. Be a funny, that'd be a funny coaching move. Just be, Glaber, you have to go hang out with Hap because you need to be more boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Jacoby. Jacoby, we know you're out for the season, but can you come over here and inject some of your personality into Glaber? Trying to get him to be more boring. All right. Now, Glaber, copy Jacoby's face for the next four hours. What do you mean, Coach? That just, you just don't want me to do anything for the next four hours? Yes. No jokes? No, no smiles? That's a, mean, no. that's a mean punishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Regular old awards. Regular old award, Jake. You go first. My first regular old award. Wow, we're running long. Is Jake No Stuff Award. Jakey No Stuff? Jake No Stuff. Jake has no stuff. No. Jake knows stuff. Oh, Jake knows stuff. Yeah. I genuinely thought you meant Jakey knows stuff. But interested to hear, what do you know? The award goes to Andrew McCutcheon. Because... I'm not going to make you dig up the tweet. I'm just saying, man. This guy has it. He has it, man. Dude... Jimmy, Brett Gardner didn't start this series. J- Brett Gardner didn't play this? No, he had one at bat. But think about how far we come. The pulse of the team. Brett Gardner, the longest tenured Yankee, a decade of Yankee baseball. And now McCutcheon's come in and just made him completely obsolete. Never and never played left in his life and replaced get Brett Gardner. That's tough. That's tough. A guy who's a borderline gold glove left fielder. He's just putting together incredible at-bats, and this is exactly what I said about Andrew McCutcheon. He's a guy with talent in the later half of his career who hasn't won anything, who, hey, man, after Luke Voigt, he's bringing the most energy on this team. That's why I gave Cash the the pride of the Yankees, and it was a really good call by me. Well, you gave five players the pride of the Yankees, so it's a total cop-out. I gave the one guy who brought him over. Nine at-bats, three hits. You say 333. That's good. 
He had five walks. Five good walks. Five walks. Um, and in front of Aaron Judge, that's nuts. That is nuts. That's insane. Um, so, yeah, 571 OBP, another just crazy on base percentage series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know uh, you you were a little timid on McCutcheon's personality because it seemed a little, like, over the top, I want to say. No, I'm not timid. First. I like him. I think he's great for the clubhouse. I just don't think his Instagram... I don't think his delivery on his... You don't think he's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think his delivery on his Instagram stories is good at all. I think it's boring as hell. Right. Okay, that's fair. But I like him very much, and I'm glad that the general public finds him funny and that his teammates like him, and I like him. With the Yanks so far, he has a 414 OBP and an 885 OPS. So everything the Yankees have asked from him. And he's he's made Brett Gardner a complete afterthought, which is insane. So if you go up to McCutch right now and say, hey, Kutch, did you hear you won the Jake Nose Stuff Award? Do you think he's happy about it? I think he assumes people are talking about drugs or something. They think they're talking about like an actual nose. Yo, you try that Jake Nose Stuff yet? Interesting. And he's like, yo, New York City's a little too much for me. All right, my first regular old award is the... New, found a new role. Okay. Award, Jake. Found a new role award. Sure. And it goes to Gary, who is now just a pass the baton guy. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm slumping, guys. I'm a piece of shit back here. I'm just, I just need to help the team. And I think someone like said to him, hey, Gary, if you can't hit, just take the walk and we'll hit behind you. And you know what? Gary had four walks, and Gary scored three runs because Neil Walker hit a home run behind him, and Luke Voigt hit two home runs behind him. So, Gary, good. You can't hit anymore this season. The season is a wash. It's the most bizarre thing because his numbers in 2016, 2017 are spectacular, like off the charts insane for a catcher. So he has that ability. Uh, This year, who knows what happened? Injuries, bad luck, uh, bad breaks, lost it, something happened, but uh, bad approach. Hopefully he fixes it before next season. This season, just pass the baton, buddy. I was so ready for him to hit a homer off the knuckleballer. Yeah. Just just because that would be even more of a mind fuck. Mm Mm-hmm. He actually got a nice knuckle, like a, it was a high. It was a good knuckleball. Was, yeah. <clears throat> how about a knuckleball reliever? That's bullshit. Dude, that's a... Uh, he was the scariest option I saw from their team. Yeah. Outside of Kimbrough. So that's the Gary Pat, Gary, Gary Found a New Role Award. The Gary Found a New Role Award. How about Gary and Tanaka? Did you see that when Tanaka, Gary, Tanaka called Gary off twice? I made a video about it where I acted yeah, like I was I did them. See that. Did you watch that video? Talking pitches. But do you think what I said in the video for them is accurate? Because I, I, I think it was. I didn't listen with audio. I'm sorry. Oh, it was me mimicking both their voices. Oh, okay. Then I'd like that. It was because Gary puts down, it's 0-2 to Mookie Betts with two runners in scoring position. Gary puts down the first sign, had to be splitter down. And Tanaka shakes it off. Gary puts down the second sign, guessing it was slider away, because it's 0-2 to Mookie Betts with two runners in scoring position. Tanaka shakes it off. Gary walks out to the mound, 
He's like, yo, Tanaka, what's up? And Tanaka says something, and you see Gary's head like shake, like, no, <laughs> like what? And then Gary says something to Tanaka, and I'm guessing, I guessed it was, if you want to throw that, get it outside. And then you see Tanaka shake, okay, okay. <clears throat> Gary sets up for the outside fastball. Tanaka puts it in the middle. Uh, Mookie Betts hits it, two RBIs, and Gary looks at Tanaka like, come on, dude. Why'd you, why, why did you shake me to a fastball 0-2? So, don't shake Gary. Literally and figuratively, your dream world. Just like being a catcher and a pitcher? Well, Tanaka and Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those guys. All right, Gary, tough to like this year, but I still like him. You love him. Yeah. Who's your next regular old award? Hmm... Mickey Mantle got the Triple Crown in 56. Why don't you give him that award? He already got it. How about the Don't Make This Interesting Award? <clears throat> uh, uh, Luis Severino. And you're like, good job, dude, but please don't be very good again because then you're going to make it interesting. See, you got too much love. You you have the wrong hat on. This, that's going to Tanaka. That's going to Tanaka. And let's so let's be honest. And part of part of our slight uptick in confidence in the Yankees is partially because in our heads we mentally have given Tanaka the the wild card game over the past two weeks, and with what Hap did against the Red Sox, we love it. Yeah, throw Hap and Sevy, knock yourselves out against the Red Sox. Have a blast, fellas. We we like that. But, dude, Tanaka, four innings pitch, five earned runs. Um, hey, it was against the Red Sox after we just won two games, and it kind of is what it is. And if you go out and your next start is dominant, then we'll give you Oakland at home. We, we like that. If you don't, Jim, talk about when you said this is a conversation you didn't want to have. I mean, I, I've been doing, if you have 100% percentage, and I think we were up to about 90% confident in Tanaka. <laughs> yep. If Tanaka throws another dud and Sevy pitches a good game, it's about 33-33-33 for Tanaka, uh, Tanaka, Hap, and Sevy, and then 1% Sonny Gray. Hap being so good against Boston... Really kind of changes it because you you can't play ahead, right? You can't just say, "Well, we're right. going to use Hat for Boston," but I think you can when the other options aren't like a full step worse than Hat. Like Tanaka's been right. good down the stretch. His ERA is better than Hat, maybe not anymore after this start, but he's been good. Um, and so I I I I still would do Tanaka, then Hap Sebi game one two. That lines up perfectly, but if Tanaka gives us a bad start, then the whole conversation is out of control. Here's what I think the Yankees are thinking, Jake. I think they want Tanaka. I think they want Sebi. I think the Yankees, if Sebi dominates in his next start, I think they set him up to do the wild card. I don't want it. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather Tanaka um, or Hap. Like, I wouldn't mind Hap, but I just think it's smarter to save Hap for the Red Sox 
when it's not that much of a drop off for the wild card. But I, I, I think the Yankees still want Sevy because Scott Van Pelt, how good you're good. Sevy's good is our best good. And if they see it now, like three starts in a row ish, I think they're going to, I think they want to do Sevy and I don't really want them to. I think Tanaka or Hap have earned it. I've got a weird one that I I just fully don't have an opinion on. Who would you rather have pitch at Fenway, Tanaka or Sevy? Sevy. Yeah. Well, Tanaka has trouble with the home run ball. But I mean, at Yankee Stadium too, that might be even more of a factor. I have no idea what Sevy's home and road splits are, but I. Feel like he's better on the road, but I isn't that weird? Like I, I, I want to look at the stats, but I haven't yet. In in my head, I don't have an itch either way for Severino. Because in my head, in my head, I'm saying okay, Tanaka gives up gopher balls. There's a huge right field in Fenway, but a very short left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sevy, I'm saying okay, well, if you get good Sevy at Fenway there's still a chance you don't win that game. Sevy's home and away splits this season are night and day, and he's much, much better at home. So go fuck myself okay. in the face. Problem solved. <laughs> um, Problem solved. Yeah, I don't know what they're... I, I think the Yankees want Sevy. I think they want Sevy to earn it in his next start. I would do Tanaka wild card, Hap, Sevy, 1-2, with Hap ready to go on the wild card if... if Tanaka gets in trouble in like the first or the second. Yeah, because then you go you go Sevy in the wild card. You get Hap and Tanaka on the road. Because I think you and me can both picture in our heads mean Tanaka coming out on the road over mean Sevy coming out on the road. And so Sevy pitches a wild card game, and then he's back for game three at the stadium. And if you've split, you're sitting pretty. Every game is a road game for uh, Tanaka because he's he's from Japan. And we love him. What's your last award, Jim? I ordered the best shirt for myself that I I I need it to arrive. I don't want to tell people what it is right. until they just see it on me one day. My next award goes to the okay uh goes to the uh leader in the clubhouse award. Nice. And you know who it goes to? The Boston Red Sox. You've always been a fan. Aaron Judge. Now Judge only had oh. one hit. He did put the ball in play hard a lot of times, but he played all three games. We didn't hear any complaints. He looked pretty normal up there. Like he didn't he, he like he didn't have a great series. Obviously, only had one hit. Played defense. Blah 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 blah. The biggest quote that came out, and this always shocks people, and and it it's one of those things where it's this was like I was a sociology minor, and this was all of sociology. It's like okay, yeah, that's common sense. Why are you t- telling me that? That's so common sense. And then there's the other half of your brain. We're like, actually, like, it's kind of fascinating. It's half fascinating, half common sense. And it's the quote, and David Wright has said it, Don Mattingly has said it, now judges said it, about how you cannot lead a team from the DL. You cannot lead a team when you're playing bad. Reggie Jackson just said it on the latest R2C2 as well. It's like really hard to lead when you're not performing. And they asked Judge about this, like, because Boone said he brought intangible, but Judge brings intangibles and that he couldn't bring while he was on the bench. And they asked Judge about it, and he said, well, it's kind of really hard to say, come on, boys, let's go get him when you're just chewing gum and sitting down. 
So, Judge, you're back. You got thrown into the fire here with the three games right off the DL against the Red Sox. Uh, uh, a harder series, whatever you want to say. You got a hit. You didn't look terrible. Your stats don't look great, but you didn't look terrible. You're a new leader in the clubhouse. You're back. We got Baltimore coming up, who you fucking crush. So let's uh, let's go uh, lead the way, Judge. Get going in Baltimore. Be the leader. Be the dude. I mean, he is the dude. He's crazy, and uh, and I'm I'm excited for that. And Judge's approach is everything we've been asking from Gary to try to get out of his slump. Judge was trying to bring everything Oppo Taco, and he was really barreling a lot of balls. They just didn't find the right place. You you walk away from this series elated with what we saw from Aaron Judge. Yeah, and he only had one hit. All right, let's. Just, this is a very long episode. We apologize for that. If you're a new listener, thanks for sticking around. If you're an old listener, we know you love us. We appreciate it. We are doing a new segment, really quick series simulator jake i'm gonna let are you ready for the floor is that enough of an intro yeah let me talk to the people for a little bit so i i opened up saying a thanking esny if you've been on their website they're uh they're going to be presenting our podcast as as their choice of yankees podcast so we respect the hell out of them and another one of my favorites that i've preached about a lot is out of the park baseball i know some of you have dm me about it um, I thought it was called Utpa. So OOTP, Utpa, I like to call it, but out of the park baseball. It's a baseball simulation game. For me, it's my fidget spinner. <laughs> I always have it open on my computer, and you can des- test different theories. If, hey, you want to run the Colorado Rockies with only ground ball pitchers and the best fielding infield, you can see how well that team could do. If you think you could manage the Yankees and be better than Boone, you could manage the Yankees and try to be better than Boone. So we ended up talking to them a little bit, and they gave us a discount code. It's Talking Yanks. If you go to the Out of the Park website, OOTP Developments, code Talking Yanks, you get a 10% discount if you pump it in. And what we're going to do that we thought was fun because we didn't really have a thing for the upcoming series is I got the Yankees lineup, I got most of the stats in there, and I sim the upcoming games. And so, Jimmy, I have great news for you. Oh, yes. I wish they gave us an easier discount code for the people to remember. Not a fluke. I didn't mess with anything. And it kind of messed up that I have to say this because we're playing the 40-win Orioles. But the Yankees sweep. Oh, oh, oh. They win all three games. Glaber and Judge each had two home runs in the series. There you go, Judgey. New leader in the clubhouse. Giancarlo Stanton has a walk-off in the second game. So write that down in stone, I guess. This magic moment. So different and so new. If you're a baseball geek, this is really fun. If you're not, it shows some of the ins and outs of how to manage the 40-man roster and stuff like that. For some of you people, I could understand. This doesn't sound like the coolest. I love this thing. www.ootpdevelopments.com. It's right there. Promo code Talking Yanks. You get 10% off the game. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Is it kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but for a baseball team? A little bit. I'd, I'd compare it to a Sims game. I mean, it's called... This this brand of video games are called simulation, so you can't actually step in the batter's box and hit the space bar to swing, but you could pull Chad Green in the seventh and put Dellen in and do things like that. You could actually play the game. You could do a fantasy draft and draft your dream team. You could use current rosters. You can use old rosters. I don't know, Jim. We're, we're not full promo guys, but it's, I, I, I think it's out there for the people that use it and... 
if you've listened this long, A, we thank you. But we do have a copy of the game to give away. If you want it, cool. If you want to gift it or something, very cool too. Uh, just give us a review and put OOTP in there. Five-star review. Jimmy's Ugly. No. Five-star. Five-star. I will be the one choosing the review, and I say don't put... Oh, let's finish this. Yeah, so go- okay, I'm, gonna, I'm taking it with the ball. Good job, Jake. Apparently. Five-star <laughs> review. Utpa. Put it in there. We will choose a random person next episode to uh, that will win the code for their free copy of Out of the Park Baseball. When you don't win, a lot of you aren't going to win. Go get it. Talking Yanks discount, 10% off. Get it for yourself. Try it out. Sim the games with us. We did a review contest a couple weeks ago, Jake, that I just we just completely forgot about, and I almost forgot about it again here. We asked people to enter the fattest pitcher versus the fattest hitter combo. They had to be both people that actually played baseball. They didn't have to actually face each other, but they had to be around in the same era, you know, for it to be. Oh, I thought they did have to face each other. No, but I don't, I don't remember, but I'm going to say no. Anyway, we got a lot of the same answers. We got a lot of Jonathan Braxton, Broxton, Braxton, Broxton. We got a lot of Broxton. We got a lot of Bartolo Colon. We got some, uh, Adam Dunn. Um, we got jump Prince Fielder, Prince Fielder, there was one du- one that was the fattest I've ever seen on like the Wikipedia or the baseball reference page. Okay? And it was Walter Young versus Jonathan Broxton. Walter Young. Walt- Not ringing any bells. He had a cup of coffee in the league, actually passed away, and is deceased now. R.I.P. Walter. Dude was 320 pounds on paper. That's what they wrote down. Ooh, I'm looking at him now. I like that. That, I mean, CeCe, I think, was 297 on his baseball reference, or maybe 300 even. No one I saw was above 300 even. Walter Young, 320 on paper, so you don't know what he actually was. Yeah, shout out, shout out to whoever put it, Walter Young. You, you got you it. You win the Brett Gardner bobblehead. It is, you know who you are, Pleaser19. Gardner, Bobblehead, Walter Young versus Jonathan Broxton, who is one of the popular pitchers. So uh, we do give out the winners. Get in touch with me and, I don't know, go to, like, edit your comment so I know that it's you. Not that I think there's going to be a lot of people faking it. I will send you the Brettner, Brett Gardner Bobblehead. And we've we've been fake sellouts. <laughs> we've been sellouts without <laughs> bringing in a lot of money. <laughs> so if you've made it to this part, hey, if you're not interested in the game or you are, <laughs> leave us a review anyways. It it does help us out, and we 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 really appreciate it. I think when me and Jimmy are having our dark moments, I think we scroll through there and like, wow, that that was nice. I just chug cold brew, and then dark moments are gone. Thanks, caffeine. Thank you very much for listening. It is now time to go hang out with the live Patreon subscribers who have, or are watching. Have a little chat with them if you'd like to do that next week or in the future or just be able to listen to those little behind-the-scene, ask-me-anything, whatever conversations we have. Go to TalkingYanks.com. Nope. Go to Patreon.com slash TalkingYanks. Go to TalkingYanks.com, too. That'll get you. You just click on Patreon. Whatever. We're talking a lot. Uh, All right. Thank you guys very much. Go Yankees. Go Yankees. A little bit better. A little bit better. Meter nudged a little bit. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.